Welcome to the Heart of the Father podcast. We're glad you're here and able to listen in. We're praying the Lord will speak to your heart through this message and that you be transformed more and more into the image of Christ. I just want to encourage you all, whether you're a mom or a woman, a child in here, or a, or a guy, please open your heart and listen. When we were back sharing, these women are full of the spirit and wisdom. And so you can take anything they say and apply it anywhere. So please just open your heart today and listen to what they have to say because they are rich, rich, rich. So I just want to start with Diane. Just I want you to, we're going to go around and just share. I know some of you know these women, but some of you might not. And give a brief overview of your family, born and raised, where you met your husband, how long you've been married, and how many kids, although Brandon has already shared that. So. So hi, I'm Diane Nichols, and I was born and raised in Danbury, Connecticut. And um, Barry and I met when I was actually just 14, I believe, um, at our youth group. And then once I turned, shortly after I turned 15, we actually started dating. So we were young, childhood sweethearts. We've been married for 40 years. Coming up on 41 years, so we have seven children. Our oldest is Jace. He lives in Virginia. He's 36 with his family. Our daughter, Shana, she lives here in Lakeland. She's 34, and along with her family. Um, Our son, Landon, and his family live in England. He's 30. Our son, Wesley, lives in um, up in the Raleigh, North Carolina area. Uh, with his family, he's 28. Carissa is here in Lakeland, you know, soon to be married. She's to Vasco. She's 27. Mm-hmm. Brennan and his wife Haley live here in Lakeland, and he's 24. And you know Malia, she's 22. So that's us. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm married to Tim Shanahan, who took our baby home for nap, so you won't see him. Um, But I was born in Sarasota, pretty much raised in Florida my whole life. Um, Tim was raised in New York, came down here for college. Um, I met my husband in a bar. Jesus was not there. Um, (laughs) No, just kidding. (laughs) I'm totally kidding. Um, But obviously, he redeemed all of that. And if you know my husband, he's a new creation, that's for sure. Um, we've been married seven years in August, together ten. We have three children that you know, Corey, Timothy, Gideon, and one on the way. And uh, they're five, three, one, and almost a newborn. graciously loved me through all my immature years and is still continuing to do that. Um, My mom and dad prayed us through. Um, We have seven children. We've been married almost 31 years. Um, We have seven children. Um, Our oldest is Ben. He's 25, and he'll be getting married next year, so that's exciting. Uh, My Abigail is 22. I'm looking at you to make sure that I'm right. Um, And she's married to Jared. And um, my kids are just really doing well at picking great people, so I'm blessed. Um, Next, my Ellie is, she just turned 20. And she's um, in Mississippi, but she'll be home Tuesday. Praise the Lord. And my twins, Rebecca and Lydia, are 16, Simeon is 13, and Anna is 10. So um, we have a lot of fun. (laughs) Okay, Sarah, so I'm going to start with you. Um, So what has been some of the best things about being a mom? And, you know, any examples you want to share, and anybody else can pipe in, but we're going to start with you. Uh, 
I feel like this is a, a great question to start with and a hard answer to start with because I feel like it's going to be celebratory and to get to have a celebration you have to go through some hard things in life but um, and we tend to look at the best things as the celebration so um, this is kind of a two-part answer in my mind um, one of, some of the best things I'm not supposed to cry yet, but um, at home, we encourage the kids to love each other. <clears throat> my mom told me when I was a child that I was not allowed to fight with my siblings. And so I told my kids, I wasn't allowed to fight, so you're not allowed to fight. And that doesn't mean that we don't disagree or we don't have issues that we have to work through, but... <clears throat> Having olders and youngers, I have watched the olders step into their roles. And love, love unconditionally, love selflessly, um, encourage, leave sweet little notes to their siblings, see scriptures up in my house. And that is just the greatest gift that you could give a mother. Um, one year I asked one of the kids for my birthday, can I just, can we just have peace? Let's have peace. And so, so I was made a little plaque and it says peace. And that's just wonderful. Um, but outside of my home, things that I've seen that are, that are just God's grace and his, his power are um, as, as the kids get older and they get jobs, um, my younger kids go, you know, when we go into that store or that restaurant and, I, um, and they see each other, they're thrilled to see each other, they love to be together. Um, they've welcomed the people from their work into our home and shown them the love of Jesus. Um, but one, one little example I can think of that was fun to me was um, uh, one of my kids was at work, and we went in early um, to, see, to see this child. And um, as each kid came in, into the store, the one behind the counter came out and gave them hugs and gave them hugs and gave them hugs. And um, they said, how long has it been since you've seen each other? And they said, this morning before she came to work. And I thought, that's love. And the Bible says that we are known by our love. And if, they can, if that's the first glimpse of Jesus that they have ever seen, then that that was just powerful to me. It kind of hit me in the face. So um, we, don't, we don't love perfectly, and we, we don't always love well, but only by God's grace do we strive for that. So thank you all. I love you. So, JL, um, I'd like for you to give some encouragement to women out here, moms out here with small children. Um, so the first thing that the Lord kind of put on my heart was um, <laughs> this will break a lot of chains in the room, moms with young children, but you don't have to do it all. There you go. That's it. Um, <laughs> seriously, you don't. And um, if you need help, ask for help. If you feel like you don't have help, there are plenty of moms in this community that will come and help, because I've been a product of that and has blessed my life tremendously. Um, and the other thing that the Lord was, was <clears throat> saying to encourage is for the younger moms, we always hear, like whenever we go to a women's conference and stuff, Proverbs 31 is like the verse, right? And you're like, is there any other verses 
for us women. And I mean, there is, trust me, but Proverbs 31, and they're like, you got to be a Proverbs 31 woman. And it's like, how do I do that? And how do I, I mean, this woman was an entrepreneur. She had kids. She was an amazing wife. I mean, there is just like list after list after list, right? And I'm like, I'm 30. Well, now I'm 34. But at the time, I was like, I'm 30 years old. Like, how do you do all these things? And I was working and I was having children and I am a wife and I'm growing in the Lord and I'm spending time with the Lord, but I don't feel like a Proverbs 31 woman. I mean, I can snap, you know? And so, um, one of the things that the Lord really, it just blessed me and I, I just took a deep breath was that is a lifespan. Okay. That Proverbs 31 woman, that's over a lifetime. She's growing up into the image of Christ and that should always be the goal. But guess what? At 34 with four under five, there's a lot going on and I am doing my best. And God is pleased with that. And it's okay that I don't have all the bam, bam, bams of the Proverbs 31 right now. I'm growing up into that, okay? And so my encouragement is to you is, is that this is not, <laughs> you don't have to do it all, okay? Like there's no race with the Lord, it's his pace. And so if you keep that at the center when you're feeling that, it will release a lot of chains that we think you know, maybe the Lord's putting on something, but we're putting them on ourselves or society is trying to put them on us. And even church, church culture is putting it on us. You know, you got to be as proper as you want. And you do, but it's a lifespan. So it's not a race. And so I just encourage you to live in the moment with your kids. If you meet any grandma in the room or any seasoned mom, it's like, it can be a little bit like, I've heard that one, but they're like, it goes fast. And then I only have a five-year-old, right? And I'm like crying because she's five. And I'm like, this has gone really fast. And she doesn't need me to wipe her anymore. And like now all of a sudden I'm like, can I wipe you? Do you need my help? You know? So it is true. It goes really fast. <laughs> so just live in the moment. Take a deep breath. Call on a sister if you need that. And stop putting some, you know, Proverbs 31 mantle on your life, like complete right now. I have to be this person. Okay. That's so good. Yeah. And that makes me think, um, Jay, of a time when I was a young mom and let's see, I think at the time we probably had six kids and yeah, you feel that pressure like ministry, like all of these expectations and all these things that I need to be doing or else I'm wasting my life, right? And, but I, so I got up early one morning and I'm like, Lord, just, I mean, I am so dead serious. I need you to tell me what you want me to do. Tell me what it is, Lord. I don't care what you tell me. I'm on it. I'm going to do it. What do you want me to do today? You want me to make banana bread? and go down to the neighbor on the, the third uh, left, like, I'll do it. I'm there. Like, I don't care. I'm listening. What do you want me to do? And I sat there, and he spoke to me. And he said, love your kids. Just love your kids. I was like, wow. You really it did, took the weight right off my shoulders. I was like, wow. It's not hard. Well, that is kind of hard sometimes. <laughs> but, but he wasn't putting on me everything that I thought, you know, that the, the reading through Proverbs 31, every, all of those expectations. And I just wanted to, um, so we had the question, how would we encourage, you know, a young mom? And I just want to say, young moms and young dads, and if you don't have children yet, when you train your children to honor you, you are blessing them for the rest of their life. This is huge. It says in Ephesians 6, honor your father and mother that it may be well with you and you may live a long and happy life on the earth. Who doesn't want that for their kids? 
But if we ask them to do something and then we ignore that, the fact that they didn't listen to us, are we training them to honor us? We really, I just encourage you to set your face as flint like Jesus did. The Bible says if we train them when they're young, they will give you rest. And what a blessing that is <laughs> to have rest and have peace. There's a lot of training, but it comes, right, Sarah? It comes. And, but Jesus, in um, Isaiah 50, verse 7, it's the passage where he's going to the cross, and it talks about him setting his face as flint. And I just want to read this to you. I'm sorry, this is just going to take another minute. I don't mean to be so long. But Isaiah 57 says, For the Lord, and that, if you're a young mom, write this down. And look it up later and really ask the Lord about it. Isaiah 57, for the Lord will help me. This is Jesus talking. The Lord will help me, therefore I will not be confounded. So he's setting his face as flint. Therefore have I set my face like flint, and I know that I shall not be ashamed. As moms, we need to have the conviction from the Lord and set our face as flint. We need to think about what the goal is of our children, walking in the ways of the Lord. And Jesus, when he set his face as flint, he couldn't be distracted, right? He couldn't be distracted. So get rid of distractions. Whatever in your life is distracting you, from keeping that goal and that vision of raising up those godly children, just get rid of it. It doesn't matter. Sacrifice whatever needs to be sacrificed so that they are not sacrificed. And as we, um, as we make those necessary sacrifices, we're going to look back. We're not going to do it all perfectly. We've already talked about that. You can just let that go. It's not, it's, Barry says all the time, perfectionism is not an option. You're not perfect. You're not going to be perfect, so let it go. But our direction, like that's what we're working on, our direction, like continually going towards the Lord. It's not about us being perfect, but I just encourage you to get rid of distractions when your kids are little so that you really train them to honor you. You will bless them for the rest of their life. Um. I want to add one more thing. Um, when your kids are young, not that not that it's not true when you're when they're older, but their minds are like sponges, and um, teaching them to memorize scripture. I remember just simple simple um, evenings when you know you'd be putting them to bed or something, and if they'd be scared about something. Well, first of all, be careful what you put in front of their eyes or what they uh, teach them young, what's okay to put in front of their eyes. Because if you're allowing them or they are filling their minds with things that are scary or, or having them welcome fear, then they're going to have fear. And the, enemy, the enemy wants to put fear in your life anyway. But um, I remember many times, and there's still times, that you know, we, we quote verses like, God has not given me the spirit of fear, but power and love and sound mind. And they need to learn that from themse for themselves. They need to memorize those verses for themselves. And, you know, sometimes I'll have them repeat it to me or put their own hand on their head and say, this is what the word of God says. You pray this verse over yourself um, because they're little warriors and they can memorize scripture. Um, so quickly, and, and there's just truth in his word that we have to hide in their hearts, even before they're quite capable to read. Um, so, and this could kind of go along with that in a way, but what has the, been the most challenging things about being a mom? Um, I can start with you, Diane, and any of you guys that have. Oh my goodness, if you could be a fly on the wall in our home. So many challenging moments. So many. But God is so faithful. But I think one of the most challenging things is seeing the 
the true, the real, and the raw in our own life, the reality of our own selfishness, um, our children's selfishness, to see that, whether they're four or 14 or they're older, and being aware, like so seeing the struggle, there's such a spiritual battle sometimes. Y'all, it's so real. There's such a spiritual battle over their lives. And to see your own, in my own self, my own powerlessness, my own ineptness, my own inability, it's so difficult because you want to help your kids. You want to rescue them. You want to be there for them. You want to give them the perfect instruction. And they're like, oh, thanks, Mom. It's over now. I'm good. It's not always like that. But the turning to the Holy Spirit in those times is just imperative. It's so important. There's nothing more important to do than to honor the Holy Spirit in those moments. Say, Holy Spirit, I need you. We're desperate right now. And the real work of the Holy Spirit is what it's going to take because I felt like just even in the middle of the night, the scripture came to me. Um, I think it's in Proverbs, or maybe it's in Psalms. I'm Barry's wife, but I don't know all the scriptures like he does. But that unless the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain that build it. We're desperate for the Lord. And it's not by might. It's not by power. It's not by us doing it perfectly. It's not by might. It's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. And, um, you know, the Bible says that those who look to him will be radiant. He wants to come in and he wants to help us. And one time in a really, on a very, very, very trying day, I, I was so close to just wanting to give up. And I was so discouraged. And I was crying for hours. And I was just so tempted to just say, God, I just give up. I give up. I'm not going to keep worrying anymore and praying. And I'm just like, I, I just want to give up. And the Lord spoke to me. And he said, if Diane, just realize what's happening right now. And if you give in to discouragement, what you are saying is that God, this situation, this problem that we're dealing with right now is bigger than you. Is that ever going to be true? Is there anything that you're going to face that's bigger than the Lord? Nothing. Nothing. He has the power. And if we took, look to him and turn to him and honor him, he is going to show us what to do. <laughs> I'm... I'm getting so much from this. Um, I think the biggest challenge was and is myself. Um, speaking of being in a place of discouragement where you just have nothing left, um, I remember a day that um, I, I had nothing left. And I, you know, I had been, had been kind of wrestling and, and fighting the lies of the enemy. And finally, I went, I, I called my three oldest. I, I, maybe, the, maybe the twins were napping or something, but um, I called them out to my van. And I said, you have chosen Jesus. He is your God. And I know that I'm your mother, and I'm supposed to be the strong one, and I'm supposed to have all the answers, and I know the verses to fight the enemy, but I can't fight for myself today. So I'm asking you, as my brother and sisters in Christ, to pray over me. And those Bible verses 
And that authority that they have learned by God's grace were prayed over me. And I cannot, I will not ever forget that day where they spoke life into me and told me who I am because they knew who they were. And um, that is, that is, that is God. Now, I've seen them now go through challenges of life. The older you get, the bigger your challenges are. You know, Band-Aids and, and kisses on the cheek are so much easier. But when you see your, your kids grow and, and go through challenges and have that spiritual warfare battles, just, you know, pulling them from side to side... You, know, you, you look to God's faithfulness and say, I remember when they did it for me to help me to stand in the gap for them. And so it's good. It's good. Yeah, I was just going to say um, the challenging, like just because you don't have older children doesn't mean that you're not challenged with your little children. And the challenge, the biggest challenge has also been myself. And I feel like as a, um, the love for my children has grown, as I've grown the love of God in me and have been sanctified in truth. And so um, everyone knows this, but you're living your life, you come to Jesus, and there's sanctification that happens. It should happen if it hasn't happened. Uh, yeah, I would have a heart check. Um, and then you get married, and there's a layer of sanctification that happens, and you're like, wow, there are things in me, things in him, this is not good. Then you start having children, and you're like, oh my gosh, I am selfish. And then you have the second child, and you're like, oh, there's still a few things there. My God, are you sure? And then you have a third, and you're like, okay. All right, God, like, I can do this now because everything has been sanctified in me, right? No, there's still more. But wait, there's more. So um, that's what I love about having children, but it's also a challenge that you have to get out the yucky stuff in you, and that brings up stuff with your spouse, and that brings up stuff within yourself with God. And for us, the challenge has been we've walked through medical stuff, You just, you don't expect to have children and have something wrong with them. That's not, no mom walks around and is like, oh gosh, you know, I'm going to have this baby and something's going to be wrong. Um, if that's happening to you, by the way, get deliverance. <laughs> um, get a sister, get your husband, get in your prayer closet, because that's not from God. Um, but the challenge has been uh, not accusing God, right? And so um, we serve a good father. And I just want to encourage you, you're going to walk through things with your kids, whether that's medical, whether that's, it's whatever. We're all bound to walk through things the same way that my mom walked through things with me and my sister and my brother. But God is a good father. And there's a scripture, I'm pretty sure it's Paul. And he says, you know, the Lord will sustain you. And, um, I, part of my tears is that he has carried me through it. Um, he has carried me off the floor when I thought, I don't want any more babies because if I have to watch them suffer and not suffer for you, I don't want to do it. And so um, the Lord has graciously held my hand and my husband too. I want to I want to say this is a Mother's Day panel, but your husbands um, are to disciple you as well. They're going to be accounted for that. So you husbands out there, <laughs> and obviously the children as well. Um, so make sure Jesus is really someone you're diligently seeking because us wives need it, and as mothers we need that desperately. And I just want to honor my husband in the challenges that I've had personally. He has quite literally picked me up and said, you are a woman of God. 
and he, he lives on the inside of you, and you can do this. And so um, this question was a, a fun one to work through the last couple of weeks. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but more so because of his goodness, not because of the lather. So, so I'm going to give you, I'm going to, yes, yes. So I'm going to give you another good one. Let's give some encouragement to the women who either have, cannot have children or have lost children. And we both can speak into that. Um, and I can, you know, a little bit also in just what you said. And, the, and when I was walking through it, the scripture I got was counted all joy. And I, I know I've shared that before. And I honestly told the Lord, uh, you, you had the wrong scripture. I need another one. Um, I did. Sorry, I did. I, I really did. Because how can I count this as joy? But it's, it's not the, ha ha, oh, this is funny. No, it's the inside joy that you get from receiving when you go through trials. But so I want you to start jail with that. Let's just move on to another challenging question. Um, <laughs> yes. So, um, in November, we lost a child, and that was shocking for me um, because um, <clears throat> the elephant in, in this room sometimes, a lot of the women in here have um, been challenged with this, and I did not think that that was something I would ever walk through. Um, and when I did, man, I was so shocked at how I just felt the arms of God around me, and my husband did too, and there was real pain that we experienced. I'm not saying that. Um, there, was, there was lots of tears. There was lots of mourning. Uh, mourn with those who mourn, that's real. Like God's not saying that you can't experience the emotions of losing a child. You can, um, and you should. You should not suppress that. However, um, there are kind of two roads that you can take. And I was in a community where I have watched women suffer and I have watched the two roads play out. And I watched and I learned. And um, one of those is Julie's testimony. Another of that is, is Sissy in the back. And I can say that because she's very vocal about her journey. But my dear friend did not give up on God. And she said, oh, I'm going to have more babies, even though there had been suffering after suffering with these children. And I'm just watching her, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Um, like, well, one, I don't ever want to do that. And two, how, like, how do you do that? And so when it happened to me, um, I just said, okay, Lord, I saw the one, and this is what I want to harp on. The enemy is going to try and make your identity a broken woman that can't conceive. And that is a lie. That is a straight lie. And um, I could take you through so many scriptures. Children are a blessing. God is giving you children as a blessing, as a reward. I mean, come on, your children and, and him giving you life in the womb is a miracle. And so you don't have to take on the identity that you're broken or you're not worthy of carrying a baby or that God's mad at you and he's not giving you a baby or anything like that. Um, Cause that's just not the truth. And so I've, I saw the identity being taken one way where women have said, I'm just broken. And you know, maybe God doesn't want this for me or it's something I've done. Or, and all of that is, is garbage. And then there's another road where it's like, I'm going to fight for my family and I'm going to fight even when there's nothing left. And so my husband and I fought and we fought discouragement and we fought lies. And whenever I was feeling that, I would go to him and I'm like, babe, I just like, I'm really sad, but it's more than just sad. Like I'm having these thoughts and he would pray over me, you know? And so I just encourage you, if you've lost a child, you're not broken. Please don't take on that identity because <laughs> it's really serious. And I encourage you to dig your heels into this word and know who you are in Christ 
because that will that will get you out. Um, so yeah, that's that's yeah. that. that identity because the enemy was telling me that he was telling me that I could never be a happy person again basically because how could I be happy I just had a four-month-old die so if people saw that I was happy or you know moving on with life they would think I was a terrible mother that was the lie I was listening to so that was becoming my identity I had to just keep that persona that I was just oh sad and depressed no I could not live in that life the rest of my life. And then we also had to fight an identity that the day that she died in the hospital, the social worker told us, we will probably end up in divorce because most people who lose a child will end up in divorce. And we had to fight that identity too. And it's a lie from the enemy that wants to keep you bound. So that's great encouragement. Anybody else wanna to add to that or? I would just add one last thing. My goodness. Um, Seriously, you would be shocked. All of a sudden, these ads come for like loss of children. It's like the Sarah McLaughlin thing with the dogs, right? Like it gets you every time. Well, it'll be like that for loss of babies. And all of a sudden, I mean, you're just in this Me Too movement of uh, you're Me Too. I've lost it, lost, 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 lost. Negativity, negativity, and and that's the ear gates and the eye gates. And I'm sorry, but in that particular manner, the internet is not your friend. And that's not the advice you want to go to. You you want to go to this. And so you, I mean, if you need to pause it and get off, get off. Okay. And you'd be surprised. They're like in our heads or something, right? Like you're like, I, I was joking around with Tim, but I was like, for Mother's Day, I want this. And the internet's going to hear me and they're going to shove ads in your face for this. It, but it, in the same manner, you know, you're like, uh, you know, you're walking through pain and stuff. All of a sudden, it's like these ads, right? It is just wild. And it, act, it does happen for, for the things that you're walking through, even hard things. So get off the internet. How did you manage your time and energy and resources um, through all of raising these seven beautiful children of yours? I don't. <laughs> and one of my children said, Mom, don't get up there and say that. But it's the truth. Um, because life, life does not go like you think it's supposed to go. Um, I, I can't think of examples at the moment, but you might think this is the plan for the day, but then 12 things happen before that one thing. I homeschool, and I fight to be organized. And if you've ever talked to me for more than five minutes, you know that I'm still fighting. So, um, so we do have a date night. So it, it, talk, it asked... Um, how do you manage your time, energy, and resources in the context of being a mom, wife, and friend? Um, so my husband helps with the, the wife part because he takes me on a date. And so that really, that really helps us focus and, and concentrate on each other and pray together and function. So that, that part we do pretty well, but um, it's... It's God's grace. It's um, it. I don't know. But to me, with with your children, you can't say, "Okay, I'm going to go talk to this one about this right now," or "I'm going to go do this with this one." You have to be available and willing when it's the right time. So, if someone's dealing with an issue, you pray about it. You're up in the night praying about it the Lord's encouraging you. And then you say, okay, Holy Spirit, is this now the time? Is this now the situation to speak life into that? And my kids will tell you, even when I try to be obedient to the Holy Spirit and I have a scripture for them or I have something encouraging for them, half the time I end up saying, hear my heart. Because somewhere between my heart and my mouth, something happens, and it doesn't always come out quite right. 
even when I say, Holy Spirit, give me the right words to say. Give me the, the wisdom. Um, I don't know, something happens. But, so I have to beg them, please hear my heart. This, this might be what I'm saying. This might be the way I'm encouraging you to handle this situation. And, and they constantly say, Mom, don't you talk to her about this? Or don't you talk to him about this? I'm like, do you realize we're having a one-on-one -on -one conversation right now? That's because I've done this with the other ones. Just because they're not acting on it yet doesn't mean that we're not there, you know? And I said, so that's your job to pray for them. It's your job to have grace because you can only change yourself. I don't know where this is going, but um, we can only change ourselves. And I still have got to have change in my life with my time and energy and management skills. But I feel like it just seems like whenever I try to do things my way, according to my schedule, the Lord just says, no, we're doing this instead. So you have to learn to relinquish control and, and trust that he has a plan for your day, not you. story about like giving the plans to the Lord so um, brother Charlie used to give my kids piano lessons and they loved every week when brother Charlie would come over and um, a recital was coming up and we were just this little homeschool family and Shana was gonna need some shoes for her piano recital and we didn't have any so we we're gonna go to the store so I had all the kids at the time. So that day, after lunch, I was like, okay, everybody get your shoes on. We're going to go to the store. We need to go get groceries, and we need to get shoes for Shana. And the Holy Spirit was like, no, no, not today. I was like, what? I was like, okay, guys, take your shoes off. The Holy Spirit says we're not going to the store today. So they're like, oh, okay. And I just thought this is so, so neat because the Holy Spirit's teaching them at the same time. So I'm like, yeah, we're not going today. So the next day was Tuesday. I'm like, okay, guys, after lunch, we're going to go to the store. Everybody get your shoes on. We're going to go to the store now. And the Holy Spirit's like, no, not today. I'm like, come on. Like, really? Not today either? Okay, guys, take your shoes off. Like, we're not going to the store today. <laughs> They take the shoes off and like, like, I don't know what's going on, but the Holy Spirit said not today. So Wednesday, I'm like, surely today <laughs> we're going to go to the store. So I, and I felt a lot of confidence about it. I was like, oh, today really is the day. And so it was almost like I hadn't thought about it ahead of time, but as we're getting ready to go, it's like, oh, okay, we're going to go to Kmart and get the shoes. And then right across the street from where the Kmart used to be um, is... Uh, is Publix, and so I thought, well, just, you know, but I thought, no, I'm not supposed to go to that Publix. I'm supposed to go to Oak Bridge, and it didn't make any sense, because I had all the kids with me, so going out and coming back as fast as possible was usually the plan, but anyway, so we get in the car, we go to Kmart, Shana tries on, sees a pair of shoes, she tries them on, they fit, we're in and out of the store in less than 10 minutes, it was incredible, I'm like, Lord, this is so you, I can't believe it, so we, we get in the car then, because now we're going to go to the grocery store, and I was like, Publix is right across the street, and I'm like, no, I'm not supposed to go to that Publix, I need to go to Oak Bridge, I thought, okay, there's just a strong something in my heart about it, so I was like, okay, we're going to go to Oak Bridge, so we drive to Oak Bridge, Marie, do you remember this? I walk into Publix with all my kids, and I see there's a payphone in the store, and Melissa, Marie's daughter, is on the payphone trying to get a hold of somebody, and Marie was probably praying. She had her head down on a carriage, <laughs> and I go in, and they had locked the car with the car keys in it, and I think the groceries maybe were in the car, or maybe they weren't. I don't know about the groceries, but they couldn't get a hold of anybody in their family to come get them out of this dilemma. To, count, to go take Marie to go to the house and get the other keys so that they can get home because they have no way of getting home right now. And I was like, Holy Spirit, you are too cool. I like hanging out with you. I mean, he put us at the right place at the right time. I was like, oh, Marie, 
get in the car. We'll drive you to your house. We'll get the keys. We'll come back. And then I did my grocery shopping. Like, I don't know. I just thought, Lord, you can blow up any plan. <laughs> okay. Diane, I'd like for you to share a little bit about um, wayward children. Well, thank the Lord. Um, our children are walking with the Lord. But, you know, sometimes there's just some, there are some spiritual battles that happen, and it's, it's scary. It's just scary. And um, with one of our children at one point, you know, they were hanging out with a friend, and we were like, oh, I just felt this real scratching in my spirit. And I was just like, Holy Spirit, something's not right. I can't figure it out. I can't put my finger on anything. But I just could never let go of this feeling. And um, it ended up that this was not a person, though, you know, I love the Andrew Murray quote that says that God doesn't look to the lips, but to the life to see if we truly love Jesus. And so if you're looking to the lips, this guy, he was there. He was a believer. He loved Jesus. But I was like, Lord, why do I feel so wrong? Why is something so unsettled in my spirit about this relationship? And as the relationship continued, it really, um, things were coming out. And my son started to say, you know, I don't know if I really believe in God. And I'm like, what? What? Are you kidding me? Like, you've had dreams from the Lord. Like, the Lord's spoken to you. you. You cannot be saying this right now. And, I mean, I didn't actually react in that way, but I was just, like, in my spirit, like, really troubled. I'm like, wow, this is, this is incredible. And so I just, you know, we really, you try to, you always try to take a humble tact and a humble approach and, go low is there anything like that in my life that has been a hindrance to you in any way because anytime we humble ourselves we're opening up the door for the holy spirit every time in every conflict in every relationship in every situation there's always some way we can humble ourselves, and when we do that the holy spirit will come in with wisdom and understanding and give direction and so with this struggle with the one child, um, I started to pray and I started to fast because I was really at my wit's end. I could see like him just continuing to ask these scary questions because I could see the other child really did not know the Lord even though the words were there that he did know the Lord. So um, anyway, just in, I was praying one day and I just felt really sure about something in my spirit. And then a friend just happened to call me up. And I'm like, God, I didn't tell anybody that I was fasting besides Barry. And I told her, I said, you know what? I just feel prompted of the Holy Spirit to tell you that I'm fasting for my son. And she said, I have something I need to tell you. She had information, solid information, and she knew a situation about a situation that I would have had no idea about. But because of looking to the Lord, like he helped to bring the wisdom and the understanding that was needed. So when your discerner goes off, like with your kids, pay attention and really pray because he's probably wanting to show something to you, highlight it. And so really pay attention to that. And, um, and I just remember, too, just... Um, I don't know, so many times with different friends and their children, like walking away from the Lord, running away, you know, having prayer meetings, calling friends together. Guys, cry out to God for your kids. And even if it looks like, if you're continuing to cry out for your kids, even if it looks like your children will never turn around, don't believe it. Because the Bible says that when we trust in him, he will shake the mountains and calm down. It may be a thief on the cross moment. You don't know what that's going to look like. But he is faithful. He is faithful. Don't give up in prayer. Be persistent. Go after the Lord. He's going to answer you. I just feel strong encouragement from my heart. Don't give up. 
Continue to go after the Lord. Don't give up on your faith. He said, whoever puts their trust in him will not be disappointed, and they will not be put to shame. So if that's for you, take it. If that's a loved one, take that and continue to go after the Lord. He will not disappoint you. You will not be put to shame. Yeah. It was good. Um, They haven't given their lives to Christ yes or um, or anything. They're not. They can make that decision, but they haven't. Um, But just in general, a child that might be bent towards um, being a little bit rebellious or kind of walking on that line. um, There's a blueprint. right here Mm -hmm. and if you follow it the bible does say that it won't return void right and so um, you train them up they they will go the ways of the lord so you can have confidence in your parenting that if you're doing what you are supposed to do your children will see god through you and and that will come to fruition and and there might be scary periods and times but you can trust the lord and his blueprint and his plan but one thing the Lord has highlighted, because um, I do have friends with older children, and I do see them turning and being influenced. Um, one, I'm learning from that, and I'm watching. Because I think the Lord's like, hey, let me show you what not to do. Let me show you what to do. The other thing is, is community again. I'll probably say it a thousand more times. But I had a small situation with one of our children. And Tim and I were just at our wit's end. And... Um, we reached out to Barry and Diana and we said, hey, there's some behavior going on and not entirely sure how to deal with it. And they were like, hey, this we've dealt with this and this is what we've done. And we applied that and it was within like two days. Our son stopped doing that. And that was really encouraging um, because sometimes it, it can feel overwhelming as a young mom of like a hundred times getting on your knees and getting in their face and being like, we do nice things with our hands. Our hands are from God, and our hands are do you know for nice things for God. And it's like, is this working? <laughs> you know, hello. Um, and the, the spanking, right? Like, how many? T- I mean, I don't want to spank my kids, but um, I will tell you that it works as long as you're not doing that in anger. Um, so, so the difference there is, and this is like the gentle parenting mommy culture that I think is really, really not okay. Um, They'll go, oh my gosh, the rod, uh, punishment. Okay. Discipline and punishment are two different definitions. So if I'm punal, right, if I'm beating my child, yeah, that's not scripture. Please don't do that, okay? Um, But disciplining my child is from the Lord. And when it's from the heart of God and when you're when you're in the right mindset to do that, you need to do that. And your children won't be wayward, right? Because you were talking about the verse on authority earlier, and the, the Holy Spirit had brought that to me. But honoring your mother and father, if you teach them to do that, they honor is order in the kingdom. And so if I don't teach my kids how to honor, they're never going to bow to a king, okay? And that's, that's serious. They're, they're going to bow to a king one day, right? Or at least you are praying for that, right? And so you've got to teach them to do that. It, it doesn't just happen. So um, just knowing Diane and Julie and Sarah for some years and hearing stories of their children, um, it hasn't been perfect in their lives and they have had really challenging times. And so they do have insight. So go to older seasoned parents and your community do not let something go. When you see a little bit of rebellion at two or three, that's the age you want to deal with it, not at 16. And I'm so thankful that we reached out and did that because I really do rest like our kids are going to follow the Lord, not because we're some holier than thou, you know, but because we are, are following the blueprint and we're going to the people that the Lord has set for us, you know, to go to and and to be disciple because we need discipleship as young parents. So um, in humility, come, you don't know it all. I even remember Maggie, 
early on, Maggie was a big influence for me. She was just talking about homeschooling, and she, they were the crazy ones. Remember, you were the crazy ones. You were radical in their day of the things they were doing with their kids, and she's like, keep on doing it. Like, you know, and that really blessed me. So there's a ton of firebrands in this place. <laughs> and so turn to them so that your children bow to a kick. Um, I didn't know exactly how this would fit in, but the Lord um, had me read this scripture over and over again the last uh, week or so. And um, I know as followers of Christ, discipline is something that he constantly shows us. He's constantly purging us. And, and that's because he's disciplining us and he loves us. And I just love, this is the Passion Translation, um, Hebrews 12. I'm just going to read some of these verses. My child, don't, under, don't underestimate the value of the discipline and training of the Lord God or get depressed when he corrects you. For the Lord's training of your life is the evidence of his faithful love. And when he draws you to himself, he proves you are his delightful child. When your children wrong you in your mind, that doesn't change the fact that, you're, that they are your delightful child. They are precious, and you see beyond the, the acting out or the disobedience or whatever they may have said or done. But if we feel that way, think of, think of our Heavenly Father. He says, this proves that you, me, all of us are his delightful children. And so we have the blueprint. We have the perfect example of how to discipline and love. And he's gracious to help us to do that. And so discipline is not a bad thing. It is not done out of hate as we see his heart more clearly, then our children will be able to see our heart and that it comes from him and his love is perfect. And he's delighted with each of us. So. Courage. Courage. Just feel the Holy Spirit and all that. Wow. I think we'll just do one more. I'll let JL start just because um, this society is so much about comparison and social media. We didn't have the social media in our day, but we had, you know, everybody still compares. But go ahead and start JL with just uh, fighting and handling that comparison of motherhood, you know, with text of the pressures of other people's opinions and convictions and the way they think it should go. Um, <clears throat> uh, social media is. It's something that has been used for God, and there has been some really great things that have come out with, you know, reaching the world. And um, some people on there are speaking truth, and people that, you know, maybe don't have an avenue of hearing truth were able to hear truth through this device. And so the Lord will use anything. Um, so I don't ever, you know, I'm, I'm going to preface that. But... Um, Man, so uh, I was kind of naive a couple years ago. I felt I had my first child, my daughter, and I mean, I just followed it all, right? Like, it was like, oh, advice here. This is what you're supposed to get when you have a new kid. Like, I mean, it was like all accounts, anything goes, right? Um, and the Lord started showing me like, okay, um, so this one's in a cult. Yeah, this one. Okay, um, unfollow that one. You know, uh, <laughs> there might be a nugget there, maybe, uh, but everything else. So as we are renewing our mind in the Word of God, we're unrenewing our mind in the Word of God with what we're watching and seeing and intaking. So if you are following accounts that are, um, you know, way off in their in their walk with the Lord and stuff, it is actually damaging your soul. You are unrenewing your mind to things, and there will be things put in your mind that you did not think of, mm -hmm. and you have to stop and say, 
uh, who said that? Is that in here? Okay, so like there is kind of two ditches right now um, online. So there's stay-at-home moms and they're super holy. And their kids are just perfect and they're dressed all the time and they match. And um, yeah, they match. Yes, and they make sourdough bread every day. Yeah, girl. and their kids have never been to the doctor. And they have had seven natural births. And if you haven't, I don't know if you're a woman of the Lord. And so there's that ditch. And y'all laugh. But it is real. It is so real. And the pressures for these young moms, it's like, oh, my gosh, I got to go get a starter. Yeah. Y'all don't know what that is. That's, yeah, that's for sourdough. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I'll... I'll I'll get you caught up with the lingo. So I am sanctified now. And the Lord has been like, can you stop? Like, this is not me. Like, this is not me at all. Okay, it's okay. Um, If your kid has a Dorito once in a while, they're not going to die. And then, um, hey, Doritos. No, um, they stain your teeth. Stop it. Um, (laughs) Then there's the other ditch. And it is the Escalade mom. And, girl, she's got all her fancy things, and her kids are in school, and she is mimosas and pedicures and girl dates and vacations galore, like overnights galore. And, you know, nanny, got a nanny, and all these things. And, I mean, gosh, it's like, Lord, where do we, what do we do? Like, where do we, how do we do this, you know? And so you don't realize how influenced you really are because you will start doing something because you saw that Instagram families do it and you don't even know why you're doing it. And you have to stop and say, Lord, it, sometimes it's not bad. Can I just say that? I don't think it's bad that your kids are eating healthy food and that you're growing your food in your 17 gardens. Like, that's cool. I'm going to come over and take some of that organic, natural, because I ain't got time for it. But I don't think it's bad. But I'm saying, Lord, is that what you want me to do for my family? And so we have to be really careful with social media because although there can be some good things, and I've learned some things. I've been educated on a few things where I'm like, oh, the Lord was trying to teach me, and I wasn't, you know, and he threw like 17 people being like, you know, speaking to me through this, and that's okay. But I do think that overall comparison, mommy culture, I mean, it's really intense. And so, again, practical, limit your time on social media, really decide who you're following, what they're putting out. And I would even go as far as, my husband has corrected me a few times, Um, he is, He's like super studies theology and and different religions even, and I'm not as familiar. And um, I remember I was following a girl, and I really liked what she had to say. Okay, I really liked it. And it sounded really biblical. And he's like, yo, you know she's a Jehovah Witness, and that, like what she just said was not scripture. And I was like, oh. You know, and I, I was corrected. And that's okay. Like, let the Lord correct you. That's a good thing. The Lord corrects those that he loves. So I have been corrected on my social media accounts, and now I'm, I'm down to five that I allow in my life. And I can, you know, I'm like, Lord, point out, you know, what's of you and what's not of you. Because there are some nuggets in there. Um, but just being really careful. And then the flip side of that is if you have a social media account and you're pumping out stuff, you're going to account for it. Because the Lord says we're going to account for everything that we say and do. So uh, there's a judgment, right, for the non-believers. But there's a judgment for the believers, too. And so um, I have really been sanctified in that area. That even though it might be true, the Lord might not be having you put that out there. um, Or wants you to do it in a different way. So my encouragement is uh, limit your social media. Know who you're following. Know what they believe because that's really important, and, and letting, letting the Holy Spirit guide you in that, um, it's, it's going to benefit your life to get off.
That's so good. Yes, and like Jay's saying, the what happens when you're looking at all the social media and you're looking at all the other moms and what all the other kids are doing, you start to compare yourself, right? And the end of that comparison is either pride, well, hey, I'm actually doing better than that, yeah. or you feel horrible and you feel like you have got to do more and you've got to do better and your kids have got to do more and they've got to do better. So the fruit of that isn't good. And 2 Corinthians 10 verse 12 says, measuring themselves by themselves, they are not wise. It's not wise. That's why we don't want to do it because we do need to be looking at the word and hearing what the Lord is specifically telling us to do. There's grace for what he's telling you to do and there's not grace for what everybody else is doing. There isn't grace for that. And, you know, and sometimes with, this is just a little bit of a different take on it, but one thing that I thought about too is like just sometimes as moms, like we do tend to like compare like, oh, your child's reading already? Oh gosh, mine's not. They're on a totally different timetable. Don't worry about it. You know, or one time I was talking to a friend and my kid, there was something they had done and I don't even remember what it was. And I was just like, oh, thank you, Jesus. And I could tell like they really felt like they had to, it, it felt to me like they had to one up me, you know, it had, or I took it that way. Oh, well, my kid, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, now I feel terrible about what my kid did. My kid's terrible. Like, what? And the Holy Spirit was like, wait a minute. Do you want me to get all the glory that I deserve? Then your prayer as a mom for all the other moms and all the other kids is go farther, go higher, do more, glorify the Lord in a way where my children never will. That's just a good thing to remember. When you feel that little bit of like, ugh, that little bit of angst or a little bit of like disappointment, like, wow, my kids are not doing, like, no, let it go. The Lord's going to deal with you on what you need to be doing, what your children need to be doing, and praying that he receives all the glory from their lives. My prayer for my kids before they were born was, God, let their lives be to the praise of your glory. And so when you see other children and they're excelling and they're doing even more than what your kids are, just praise God because that means just he's getting more glory. It's a good thing. Let's just not compare ourselves. a mom, so I really hope you did. Um, and as um, I finish up up here, there was just one more one more question. I'm really not going to ask to ask them to respond, but I'm going to respond towards them. But it was, how do you know if you're a successful mother? And I look at these three and I say they're a successful mother, definitely. Is it because what they did, their job, their status, their car they drive? Is it any of that? No. They are all successful because they put the Holy Spirit in their home and put the Word as their guide as the number one source of raising their children. And to me, that's what has made them a successful mother. So I just want to thank you all for being up here today and hope you all enjoyed it. So. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. If you'd like to join us on a Sunday morning or other weekly gathering, know that you're more than welcome. And if you'd like other resources on or about this ministry, or for any deeper questions you may have, be sure to visit our website at hotfmlakeland.com.